One. I'm not here on Friday, and you guys have to make a new low for the week and a new high for the week. Must have been the big boys leading us higher. Let's talk Boeing, HBQ, Tyson, Monday.com. Analyst rating to talk about as well. Tim Quast joins us, and he's got some good stuff to talk about. It's Monday. It's pre-market prep. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been the penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, welcome traders and investors. We're starting in the red just a tad, nothing major after Friday's rally. Down eight handles at 44.2250. The buck is just up a couple pennies. Uh, bonds down to the less than a half a point, hanging to the 113 handle exactly. Crude up 16 cents at 77.33. That's what your crude chart looks like. Gold in the green by 90 cents at 1938.70. Silver going the opposite way. That's down 15, 14 cents at 22.14. And Bitcoin taking a little breather. Uh, that's down $420 at 37,140. Let's bring in Triple D. And before we go to the, the market stuff, I, I have a good story and a good lot of good things to say about. Denver, Colorado. I'm giving Denver, Colorado, downtown Denver, a major upgrade. I was over there for a wedding over the weekend. I loved it. And I know that we have at least one fan in Denver, Colorado. Dennis, do you know how I know that? No. Tell us the story. How was the weekend anyways? Wedding was good. You're it was off good. We don't need to get into the Michigan stuff, but they won. We won't talk lions, about lions. lions. We won't get into the lions stuff. We, we're uh, not a sports show. Oilers even won a game. Look at that. Oh, the they Oilers fired hockey, their they coach. never won a game. They fired their coach. Yeah, no, they fired they won the game on the weekend and fired the coach. <laughs> okay. Once again, digression from digression. Anyways, okay. sports talk the, over. At the wedding that I was at, uh a young a young lady came up uh that was uh helping out at the wedding and she said, Are you Joel from Benzinga's pre market prep show? <laughs> and there she is, and There's I'm like man. I'm like, what, yeah. What's, name? what's the fan's name? Uh, the fan's name is Monica, and Hi, Monica. and she's an she gets up every morning at six a.m. because it's out there in Denver. She listens to the show. She might listen to Dennis a little too much because she thinks there's a recession coming next year. <laughs> but it, it was it was fun. And then I said, hold on, hold on. I go, I gotta go get my my wife. And she goes, Lisa. And I'm like, oh, man, she does listen to this show. So nice. shout out to Monica out there shout in Denver. Awesome I hope Monica. you. Yep, she's learning the market. So uh, we'll bring in Mitch here. And I was following the markets on Friday. And I'm like, what the hell happened? And uh, Mitch explained to me that the big boys took over. The big, the big boys boy. are driving the bus. Huh, Dennis? Yeah, man. That's how it's it goes up. sometimes. 
That's Still, it. My big boys. Well, what happened? And 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 it was a very interesting day. So we were week off yeah. the hop. It looked like it was gonna be another one of those days where oh, here we go. We're gonna give back, you know, all you know, we're gonna start giving back the gains from the previous week because we were down on the week. They started coming in with their buying shoes on, but it was selective again, Joel. What we are clearly seeing is tech, tech leading the charge, and not even small stuff. It's mm-hmm. mega cap tech that is leading the charge yeah. because Kathy did not have a great day, did not make a new, it came, everything came up towards the end of the day, but it was very much Apple making new moves higher, Microsoft breaking out to a new all-time high. Yes, that's true. Microsoft, new all-time high. Google making a new high on the move. Meta making a new high on the move after their earnings report. Amazon making a new high on the move. Even Netflix showing up and making a new high on the move here as well. Tesla, not quite the kind of replacing the Magnificent 7. I think Netflix is sneaking in and Tesla is sneaking out. Um, NVIDIA as well, making a new high on the move. Yes, I'm still long NVIDIA. Clearly see this market is hungry for mega cap tech. I don't know if it's a safety trade, but IWM not participating that much. Like, Look at the difference here. You got yeah. the SPY, and I know I went on, but I think it's an important tangent to talk about here. Mm-hmm. The SPY continues, you know, consolidation, making new highs. IWM significantly off of its highs from five days ago. We're talking about, you know, 3% off. So IWM has not participated whatsoever, and it seems to lead the charge on the downside and then reluctantly tries to climb when the overall market's going up here. What is the difference? I think you're clearly seeing low debt companies getting bought on dips. High deck companies not getting bought as much on dips and also getting sold on rips. So this market continues to like companies that have, you know, obviously tech. We've always loved tech, but lower debt companies. And that's because rates are probably staying higher for longer. Okay. Uh, Monica's hopped in the chat this morning to say oh, hi gosh, to she's us. Here. Yeah, awesome. she's here. Hi, she's, she's up. She's up early again. So I want I want a few tickers out of her today. Dennis, uh, and before we go into all the stuff, did you get caught? Because I'm following the markets on my phone. Sometimes I even leave my phone in the hotel. And all of a sudden, I see Spoo's close on the highs. And then, like, we're down six, seven handles on the Moody's move. Did you get caught on that? No, actually, I participated in that. So when I saw the Moody's started shorting stocks Friday night, I was still at my desk. I usually quit about 5.30 Friday night. But I think it broke. What time did that break, Mitch? It felt like like four thirty. Yeah, like, like at, close to four thirty. It was just like maybe a little just bit, a little bit after the, the close. It wasn't at four exactly. It came a little. It was bit after, after the close that. for sure. Yeah, and, and then they started hitting stocks. So give us the news here, Mitch. What was this news? You know, Moody's. You know, what did they real say? Quick, real quick, can we do a learning moment here, PJ Shannon? Because we talk about this all the time. Is asking where to find debt on the BZ platform. Can you show this? Bring up Benzinga Pro, Mitch. Mitch, yeah, you want to drive the bus on this? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's that doesn't take too long. Just give me two seconds here. I'll Mitch show you guys. Gonna grab that. the screen. We'll show because I do um, this exercise all the time. Benzinga Pro has a lot of nice features, obviously there. So you just go, you bring up the Pro. All right. So the the key there, you can just go into their details, right? And then you're gonna look up the company. Where we look up look Apple. Up? Uh, let's look up Apple. There you go. That's <laughs> not gonna show you. So look at the right hand side here, where the company and the industry is, and look at the long term debt right here. We have it easily stated. Right yeah. there, guys. So. And you can say, oh, my God, what are you talking about, Dennis? They have $95 billion in debt. This is not a low-debt company. Well, $95 billion relative is not. To but the market when, cap, right? When you look at the market <laughs> cap at $2.899 trillion. 
and if you look at the cash component as well, Apple has a ton of cash. I mean, yeah. and and to somebody else's point, they put this debt on the books at a lot cheaper rate. So oh, they're carrying yeah. debt because it's worth them to carry it. They don't need the debt though. Apple. Where's your cash? Cash right here. Um, right there. In the balance sheet. Billion, you yeah. Can see right there. Cash. Yeah. Oh man. And it's and even higher also... than that, I think. Uh, another uh, would be a kind of the debt to equity ratio, right? Things like this is something that you guys can start learning into if you guys want to learn a little bit more about the fundamentals. Uh, but this could be something you could be looking bring, into. Bring right? up Bank of America just for fun, just to see higher debt companies. And obviously, finance, financials <laughs> always have high debt. So you see the current rate. We don't even have that uh, debt we'll to up, equity ratio. But if you go yeah. here into the long-term debt. They had a problem. I'm going to tell, to, uh, Friday was a problem too. I've got to talk to the pros. So there was a there couple companies go. that were missing it. There, there it is, there it is, there it is. 290 so. billion <laughs> versus a 219 billion uh, market we're talking cap. talking like, this is the reason so when you talk <laughs> about this. And again, this isn't just Bank of America. Financials carry a lot of debt. It's they're in their yeah, they, business that's just what they're, to carry they debt. So, you know, JP Morgan, which is best of breed, look at the debt, $362 billion in debt. Because they have a lot of money, obviously, that they've got to lend out. So they got to borrow to lend. So, I mean, mm -hmm. they're in the business of money. But, you know, bring up like, uh, for instance, um, you know, uh, well, I sold the GNRC, but bring up like GNRC. Well, that's not a good example because it's financing play. Bring up, um, bring up like, well, you can bring up General Motors and all of them. But then there's financing arm there, too. What about but, like road, roadblocks or Unity? There'll be almost no debt in those. Yeah. Up again. Unity, well, two point seven billion. So there's a little bit. Too it's more bad. of a startup. The startup companies always have a lot of debt too. What about but bring CNBA, up like Microsoft too. Carvana. Yeah, five point three billion. Five five, five billion versus three billion market. Well, cap. yeah. <laughs> yeah, they own vehicles, right? Deer, uh, that's cat, expensive. Intern, bring up deer and cat. Yeah, let's do cat. Twenty-four cat billion. So there's 24? a lot of debt there. I mean, you've got to finance all that, you know, inventory that they're carrying, obviously. So th those are issues too. And I mean, when your financing costs are up from 2% to 6 7 8%, it's eventually going to hit your bottom line. And it's probably why a lot of those companies haven't participated as much as mega cap tech. So I'm, I'm still doing that exercise when I'm jumping into stuff. I want to know, especially if I don't know the company, I want to know how much debt they're carrying. Because the companies that are carrying a higher debt load are going to have more trouble in 2024 if rates do indeed stay higher for longer. All right, like always, you guys can get Benzinga Pro. You get your two-week trial. You don't even need a credit card. Pro.Benzinga.com, of course. Nice. Uh, let's get to Moody's Investor Service as they lowered the rating outlook on the United States government to negative from stable. Moody expects that the U.S. fiscal deficits will remain large and significantly weakening debt affordability. Now, of course, another question comes into play as we get closer and closer to November 17th. Will we get a government shutdown this time around? I know I normally poo-poo this headline myself even because I've seen it come to the tape a million times. But November 17th is not too long from now. They're Friday. only ex expected to get together on the Friday. 15th. And are they going to get this done in two days? I highly doubt it. But this you want to go on lunch? It seems like they have a government shutdown. I'll take it the bet. Like okay. Go. I'll take the bet? the bet. I'm actually coming to Detroit pretty soon, so I need. We'll, do, we'll do a lunch bet. We'll do a lunch bet. <laughs> I, I think I think they're gonna pass it. I think that you By know. By the seventeenth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, or they do an extension again. Or or, or or do an extension. I mean, no, we're not no, going to do that now. Extension. No, we're not going to do that. 
Likely. We're not shutting down. No, no, they'll do another stopgap. Probably. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I highly doubt it, man. I think the Republicans are going to, they're just trying to ruin things and make things look bad for Biden. So at this point, watch out, guys. I think there's going to be some fighting. There's some fighting, but I think, you know, the way that the Democrats kind of have a little, you know, edge on the vote and everything, just could not not so much by the pure numbers, but there was some special elections here. So I think it's I think it's going to be close and they'll pass it that, you know, not the full, you know, they, we're going to have to go through this all again in January. But OK, we got a lunch bet. We got I wanna, a lunch and bet. And I want to go back just to, you know, the deck conversation here, too. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, we got Moody's downgrade, a lot of things. Florida, Florida asking a fantastic question. So just before we get too far away from what I was talking about, yeah, let's before, go to it. Florida, Florida, bring it up here, Mitch. Dennis, when does the market price in rate cuts and then take up these high debt companies? And this is a fantastic question because rates up for longer is not good for these companies. But as we see the TLT rally, we know IWM is showing some life. So QQQ, I can see clearly now, I think that's a song. Um, I can see clearly now that QQQ can rally without the TLT. So Correct. those low debt companies can rally without the TLT. The high debt companies cannot. So the market isn't linked to the TLT. The IWM is linked to the TLT. So those, uh, and obviously a lot of small caps have a lot of higher debt because they're startups. Are they not startups? Are the smaller companies that are carrying a lot of debt to continue their operations and finance their operations. So if we can see the TLT on longer term rates start to go higher, your answer is right there. So above 90 on the TLT, IWM starts to look interesting again. So we're in Consolidation Station, and maybe it's interesting, and seasonality plays in. I think we're going to have a little bit of worries this uh, this week because of what Money Mitch is talking about with the potential government shutdown looming. That could be, you know, obviously way on, on some stocks. But clearly this market is like tech wins no matter what. Tech wins, you know, if no recession, tech wins if recession. Why is tech win if we have a recession? Because it probably outperforms all these other stocks. So tech probably outperforms, and that's what stocks, what stocks that I've been looking at on pullbacks too. So on pullbacks, I'm not so much looking, you know, at not Generac or the solar companies or, you know, the high debt plays. I'm looking at, I bought NVIDIA on the pullback because, you know what? Low debt, high growth, mm -hmm. leading. I bought SMCI last week. We talked about that one. Again, tech. I'm looking at tech on pullbacks. Look at Unity. We should talk about that. Oh, I saw Unity. that. But what a reversal. EKS, I believe, had the call and saying that they, they thought that this could rebound. I was skeptical because I'm like, I'm in this thing. And I'm like vomiting on and I'm mad at the stock. So you can't think clearly when you're in it and getting killed. But yeah, tech getting bought on pullbacks. And the Unity quarter was not great. They pulled guidance for crying out loud. But I mean, here's a stock. It's tech. And they're like, well, you know what? We're buying tech on dips. And Unity got bought big time on that dip. I don't know if it continues. I'm still. I want to. I want to just I mention. Uh, I want to mention a setup on this because yeah. you know, we we talk about. I wasn't here. We talk about the pre market trading. You never took out the pre market low, but uh, you know a lot of things. We like to prep you guys for the open because there's a lot of opportunity in the open, right? That thing opened twenty two forty, okay, ticked twenty two twenty, and then. It absolutely exploded. So if you bought the open, you could have blinked and it was going in your favor. If you didn't buy the open, when it came back, you know, when it went down to 20 cents, it came back up through the open. You should, you know, you could have attempted a long and then lean on the low. And if you shorted the open, you were basically dead meat. 
because it, uh, you know, it exploded out of there. So a lot of time, you know, we do the pre-market prep to get you guys ready for the open. There's some lower risk opportunities off the open. It's not always going to work out as perfectly as that. But man, there's opportunity. The algos wait a few minutes, right? Because they're like, oh, you know, they can't lose money. They got to wait for the orders to come in. And that's where someone like, you know, Dennis or someone that has a plan off the opening bell could take advantage of those things. They, they don't always work out, but the, you know, we talk about the daily highs and lows of the day, that opening and closing price are just as important. And TTD Spinner pointing out how to get dip too. I thought about buying this one on the dip. Ooh, I actually I thought about putting in the long-term portfolio on the dip just because it's tech and it's still dip. Like, I mean, and I haven't missed it really yet. It was 60 to 64, but I thought about it. I was looking at it around 62 and I was like, I can stick a little bit of this in the long-term portfolio. Trying to rebuild the portfolio with some tech stocks because you know what? When we come out of this next year, it's probably not General Motors leading the way. It's probably tech again. So, I mean, that's the stocks that I want to own for the next bull market, whenever that starts. All right. I did want to bring in a different conversation uh, just to bring in a different stock that we normally don't talk about. Sure. How's this one? Uh, MAGS. Uh, this is an ETF on only the Magnificent Seven from Ooh, Round Hill. Um, so I just wanted to bring in a different conversation, right? Um, of course, you can see the top holdings here. There's only seven, right? So there's seven holdings. This is Microsoft, 15%, Amazon, wow, 15 NVIDIA, mm -hmm. Apple, Meta, Alphabet, and Tesla. I also know, um, I think Matthew Tuttle is opening up one of these also. So I think he's opening up a leverage one of these, but just keep an eye out for and Mitch. Uh, Mitch, one th like I want to point out one thing to here. What What do you think, my critics? I mean, the chart looks okay. Uh, I'm what with you, Joel. Volume, I already know what Joel's going to say. Volume, and I'm 100 with you. Yeah, low yeah. volume, but that's yeah. how these ETFs the, the liquidity are. Is not here, yeah, they start, but I mean, you know, twenty-two. I'm just saying, you know, tw I mean, twenty-two thousand shares in one day. I mean. Yeah, I'll how tell much? you one thing though. I'm thinking about investing in something like this because it gives me exposures in the top companies, right? I, 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 mean, I think it's a good point by both Mitch here and Joel. I think sometimes when you bring up these low volume ETFs, you know, you got to be careful that you can get in and out of them. Don't trade them pre market or after hours where there's no market at all. I mean, the market in this thing is 10 points wide right now. <laughs> Maybe you get a market during the day. I'm not sure. I've never traded this one, yeah. but just be careful when you're getting in and out of these things. Like these aren't really great trading vehicles because the liquidity isn't there to get you in and out and in and out and in and out. I mean, SPY, I trade continuously all day because you out for a penny. I mean, I don't know if it's there. So on some of these smaller ETFs, you just got to be careful. But there too, you can invest in these things. You just got to be, you know, we'll let the price come to you and make sure there's enough liquidity. You don't want to be in these ETFs that trade like 500 shares a day because you can't get out of these things. They're so illiquid. Costs you 3 4% sometimes to get out mm -hmm. of some of these. This one here, I think, is probably going to be more liquid than that. So I haven't seen it during the day, but it looks like it's fairly tight traded. So I think you're going to have some liquidity in something like this, but just be careful. So I'm not talking about the round hill one here, just talking in general, be careful trading ETFs, some of these thinner ones, because sometimes you just can't get in and out of them easily. Yeah. And they did change their ticker symbol uh, just yesterday. Uh, well, on the November 9th day uh, to from BIGT to MAGS. So. Okay. Fun though. Just, it's fun to know to more. I, I like it when you bring up more ETFs because more yeah. trading Something that we don't know of. And, and I mean, so many people just go SPY, QQQ, IWM. And I, and I mean, those are the three big ones, really. You kind of can encompass everything when you're in, when you're in those. But, you know, there's lots of other ones, like when you want to get sector exposure, like I said, you know, XLF's your financials, XLV right. is your healthcare, 
Um, it depends, you know, what you want. Like oil, I always use XLE or XOP. Those are a little bit different because you got some exploration in the one. Um, but, you know, they're right there. XLF, you're just careful because Burke is a big part of that. And Burke isn't really a financial. So, but it is a huge part of it. I think it's the biggest component just because Burke has went up so much. Um, you want retail, your XRT. Those are the thick ones. Those are the big ones. But, you know, the other thick ones too, like RSP. I love trading RSP because it's the equal weight. Now, it doesn't have much of a pre-market after hours, but during the day, if you need to get in and out of something, RSP is very liquid. So if you won't, don't want, I want to own the S&P, but I don't want to own just the heavy magnificent seven. Maybe you're of that opinion. I, I, it's been an underperformer big time though, because it doesn't heavily weight those stocks. It owns them, but just doesn't heavily weight those stocks. I, I got I got a four star for you here in this uh, yeah. RSP. Look at this. Sure. Last, last four highs are within a nickel. Within a nickel of each other, so people, uh, yeah, yeah, and and also it's interesting too because it didn't make a new high for the week like the S and P did, right? Uh, you know, because of the uh, the different weighting here. So uh, keep an eye on one forty one in RSP. What's the da daily volume? Is that good? And Mitch, just going back to the, your, your other Not thing, your mag. Hours though, folks. Yeah, mm -hmm. no market. If you want to buy a hundred shares of that thing, because you mentioned for your long term portfolio, then throw your bid out there, and you'll get it. You know, eventually, and then you know. Who cares? Your hundred shares, but uh, yeah, different. We got to differentiate between the trading vehicle and an investment vehicle but yeah, 100%. 500 shares in that today hey we'll see what happens there uh, like always we got to be looking for those investment opportunities i know myself is looking for them i think it's time to look for certain ones but again on dips you always got to be looking for investment opportunities always. and i've liquidated the problem is i've liquidated a lot of my portfolio so i need to rebuild it a little bit here because eventually rates are still going to start going down and again you know i've been picking on a little bit of the bonds you know starting to look at you know stuff like that starting to just park, you know, money in, you know, some cash vehicles with longer duration because then it'll act like a bonds, like picking up a 5.75% yield for two years. Sounds pretty Not darn bad. good for cash because if those rates are coming down, that's worth something in itself. And I mean, there's traded vehicles too, and those will actually go up. And, you know, people will jump in the TLT. Why are you going to jump in that 3.7%? Well, it's a matter of if rates start actually going down, that capital will appreciate, appreciate capital yep. appreciation TLT will be significant. So you can get a lot more than 3.7% in your TLT. We're not holding this for eternity. We're holding this for, you know, thinking that rates are eventually going to start going lower. I kind of like the TLT here. I kind of like the setup. I think rates are going to start going lower regardless in 2024 because I do believe economy is going to go into recession. How much is priced in in some of these stocks is a question, but tech doesn't seem to care. Boeing with the takeoff. The Chinese government nice. is considering revealing a commitment to the 737 jetliner during the APEC summit in San Francisco, which, of course, will have the U.S. and China <laughs> presidents are set to meet. This is according to Bloomberg. And Emirates Group is ordering an additional 55 uh, Boeing 777s, uh, the 9S version, and 35 uh, 77s of the 8S, bringing the airline's total for 205 units. So that's definitely helping Boeing get a little bit of a lift. But I think a, a lot of the lift also is the speculation uh, that the Chinese government might uh, kind of commit to that 737 jetliner. That'll be an interesting move. Can Boeing start making the move here? exercise for you here joel and i don't know if you can bring up both but bring up the ba and the tlt for the last three months bring up those two charts because okay. boeing is loaded with debt and we know that it's how you know these huge planes you just gotta sell you gotta finance this stuff so if you bring up ba and the tlt 
you will not believe the correlation here. It looks to me like it's the identical stocks. Like it looks like Boeing and TLT are identical in every way. I mean, the last three months, you can see clearly, clearly linked BA and TLT. Joel's trying to, I've thrown around. I'm doing customer. it. I'm doing it. I'm He's doing trying it. to get them both going. But uh, I'm, I'm going um, I'm to help could, you out on this here. I'm add symbol. They have it. Used to I got be you a little crazy. bit better if here. You got so it, this line got is going to represent the TLT. Let's do the last three months only where we really, I know, go for rates. Because you're expanding out here. I want to expand and look closer. So going the wrong way here, Mitch. So go you for the last three months. Just the last three months on the daily chart? Or yeah, so, last three months. So this is the last three there months. There you go. Right here. Is that the last three months right That's there? That's August, September, October, November. Maybe you want to cut off September, maybe just go to September, Yeah, October, but clearly, November. and I, again, on my charts, I see it very clearly too. It's interesting. Um, BA and TLT, I mean, you've got you like- see you that know, little bounce here, how it, it kind of just They're, they're virtually identical. And I mean, this is the same thing. IWM, we bring it up, it's linked with the TLT as well. Yeah, I, I TLT is checked here. back, IWM is checked back. So you've got to just understand these relationships. So Boeing today on its own in specific news, getting a lift here, but overall what is going to drive the bus for Boeing again is going to be rates. So we need rates for Boeing to just blast off and go to 220, 230, 250. You need rates to start going down. Apple doesn't need that. Boeing does. Pre pre-market high 204.40, so always you got to look for follow through. We're only 50 cents away from that area, so from taking out the pre-market high, uh Para high, if you're looking for more on this, this is a nice move. So I don't know if you bought the 200 calls, you know, on a whim, on the weeklies, and you're you're look feeling really good right now. Uh, but there is a pair of highs at the 206 area. I'm going to call it right in the middle. So if you get follow through through that pre market high, look for the 205 and a half, 206 area. If you're taking a shorting it today off this news, saying ah, it's going to fill the gap. You know, maybe just be a little bit patient because look what Disney did, right? Disney, you know, different stock. This was Lincoln. earnings. You got the pop. You know, you got over 90. We didn't say, oh, you got it shorted at 90 that day. You just, you know, look at that as a key level. Look at the day that it had on Friday. Got to wait for uh, for it to come back into the, oh, man, I don't know if it's going to come back all the way to fill that gap. Who knows in this market? But uh, there's a tip for you in Boeing. Someone mentioned the airline stocks, and they, like, they're trying. They're trying to come off the bottom. Same I don't charts. Know. Yeah. Same thing. Same problem rates. So we can say or, airlines started selling off when oil started going up in the mids in the summertime. But when long-term rates started to really tick higher and we started talking about the 10-year at 5%, that's when all these stocks started to correlate together. Those correlations will break down. And eventually, you know, stocks will be stocks and they'll do their own things, trading on their own company specifics. But still, right now, rates are driving the bus here. And you can clearly see, you bring up a chart of Delta, bring a chart of IWM for the last three months. Those charts look the same. Monday.com. Go ahead. Monday.com Q3 adjusted EPS 64 cents beats the 20 cent estimate. Sales of 189.19 million beat the 182.36 million estimate. They expect Q4 revenue of 196 million to 198 million versus a 195.16 million estimate. And fiscal year revenues of 723 million and 725 million on the high end versus an estimate here way below. At 715, uh, 715.53 million estimates. So Monday, getting the lift on a Monday? Ha uh ha. -huh. Yeah, we should have known. Monday. You buy my stock on Mondays. Um, 
I don't follow this company close enough to really tell you, you know, this or that. I mean, there's a lot of tech companies. There's a bigger one here too. I mean, it's not a small company. It's a $6 billion market cap, but I don't typically trade this stock. So I'm just going to limit my comments. I just don't know much about the company. Pair highs at 155. If you could take out that pre-market high at 154. Uh, actually, they got a 155.40 print in there. I don't know who bought it up there. But uh, pair of highs at 155 as you get back up here. I mean, normally or what we've seen over the last couple of weeks is when these things kind of start out in the green and they get rolling in the green. That kind of hard to stop it. Today's Sometimes. not the greatest market environment. Um, we're down a little bit, but we're way off the lows of the session. So see if you can get some follow through, uh, take out that pre-market high, keep an eye on the 155 area. Tyson Food, Q4 adjusted EPS of 37 cents beats the 39 cent estimate. They do have Q4 sales here missing at a 13.348 billion, missed the 13.707 billion estimate. They do anticipate total company adjusted operating income of 1 billion to 1.5 billion in fiscal year 24. This stock has been an epic disaster. Maybe no disaster bigger in the food stocks and Tyson Foods. We're talking about a stock that in 2021 hit new all-time highs over $100. It's been cut in half. And this isn't some, you know, high, you know, beta, like crazy stock. It's chicken. I mean, peas, 15, it's, <laughs> it's reasonable. Chicken. It's chicken. You could, don't call me chicken. You calling me chicken? Nobody calls me chicken. Eat more chicken. What, like, what movie is that from, Dennis? You know where it's from. You know, you better know where that's from. Wait, nobody calls me chicken. Back know. to the Future. That's Michael. Oh, okay. what, All what, series. One, two, three, or four. I mean, there's <laughs> three of them. But they're, and honestly, I rewatched those with my kids. Those movies are fabulous. Just fabulous. Great Your stock. kids actually stood and watched that, man? Those are awesome movies. The you got Back good the kids, Future Dennis. You're raising them well. It's just phenomenal. Like the You're first well, one is man. just incredible. The concepts, I mean, just just <laughs> incredible, incredible movies. Um, I don't even remember. We were talking chicken. Don't call me chicken. Um, it's at like a seven or eight year low here. So is it, you know, to a point where the value maybe is there? Yeah. Again, same issue that Boeing has, same issue that airlines have. It's got uh, $8 billion in debt on a $16 billion market cap. So rates are hurting them too. Don't It's not only that maybe people are eating healthier and not as much chicken as they were before. It's that rates are hurting them more than anything. Probably getting squeezed too in margins because you got labor inflation that's happening in a lot of these industries here as well. So I just don't know if it's a place I want to be. I will tell you though, the stock is cheap. Uh, I don't know. If, I mean, you could, there's a lot more unhealthier things you can eat than chicken. But, um... but people are getting away from like me- like there is still this movement away from meat. I'm not one. Of I those don't people. think that's gonna happen. I Dennis. like meat. Dennis, I'm a meat eater. Look at Beyond I Meat, man. Chicken. That's I help never gonna Tyson happen. Foods every single day. I help my buddy Alex, who's got a chicken farm just down the road here. Um, I I love eating chicken. I'm all for pro. I'm with you, Tyson. I love eating chicken, but there's a lot of people that are like. No, don't eat meat. It causes heart disease. Well, everything else causes heart cancer. So you want I mean, which one you want? Heart disease or cancer? You gotta die from something. I'm sorry, I can't pay. Uh, I can't afford all that fake meat life. I'll just take my chicken. You go the real chicken too? Yeah, I mean, I ain't paying no Beyond Meat stuff. Oh, you the see the Beyond prices meat. on that? Where is Beyond Meat? Is it still alive? I've been yeah, saying this from the start. Fake meat, fake profits, remember, man. Remember ain't gonna be around. School? Remember Beyond Meat, we had Mark Yusko on the show and he helped with like, you know, um, the underwriting and stuff on this stock and he was locked up. And he said when when the lockup expired, I was selling that stock 
as fast as I possibly could. That's <laughs> what I'm telling you, just to get out of that, you know, like Mercury's going, I mean, I'm with you. Lockup expires, get out of that thing with this ridiculous valuation. That wow. was up when the stock was like $120 at six bucks here. Now that story is way over. If you're investing beyond meat, you are never getting your money. There's never a hundred percent certainty of anything, but I'm going to say with 99.9% .9 certainty, that you are unlikely to ever get your money back and beyond me. Does McDonald's still serve that? Does McDonald's nah. still serve it? came in guys, for a guys. test. I'm, Do you think, think I'm thinking beyond me on the weekend? You think I'm Ooh, thinking beyond me on That's the weekend? That's beyond me right there. It's come on, baby. Look at, look, at, look at those. Come look on. You that. think I'm thinking beyond me? You think those are fake? Nah, that come on, fake. man. You don't need no fake meat, Eat money, man. You real meat. Look at uh, ribs, baby. A, a, technical, a technical note here. Wow, Dennis, they knocked this thing down to 43.46. 43.46 is where they knocked the Tyson Chicken down to. The stock um, is cheap. Yeah, I'm it that, is. But I'm not coming in because I, I got to see rates start ticking lower on this. I think it's a rates problem, too. Uh, someone mentioned they bought it at a pre-market because their kids love the nuggets there. Uh, I would just longer term here, I'd just keep an eye on 45 because the low of the move, previous low of the move was 44.94. Um, so, you know, if it if it can make a couple lows the same day, stabilize, get back over 45, maybe you get a you know a little bit of a dead uh dead cap bounce. If not, man, the COVID low, you know, if you if it takes that out, you want to do a reset at the COVID low. COVID low comes in at 42.57. For some reason, Pilgrim's Pride just doesn't get as hit as bad. I don't know if they sell other stuff or if it's in a different region, but uh, if you're looking for uh, a sympathy Another chicken play, stock. Then, maybe it's yeah. a chicken stock. Yeah, maybe it has chicken. And I don't know if it's going to be out. Don't, don't they make turkeys, turkeys too, uh, Tyson? Or not? Oh man, no! Don't tell Maybe. me no fake, fake do you turkey want, do, for Thanksgiving. Do you guys no, want a uh, a uh, a Thanksgiving uh, holiday uh, turkey cooking uh, tip? Yes, yeah, yes, sure. Yes. Give it to us. Okay, so uh, Butterball has a uh, a twenty four hour hotline that if you had <laughs> twenty four hour hotline. I'm at three in the morning. The and information you get on what free market prep, guys. Oh no, 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 no. The reason is because uh uh my 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 sister and her husband went to someone's place for uh, Thanksgiving and they forgot to take uh the turkey out of the freezer. And so they woke How up. How do you in the... cook this thing in two hours? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, they more like give me a free turkey. And it, it was a kind of a logical thing. They didn't have to call the hotline. They just said, you know, just keep submersing it in like hot water until, and then it eventually, it eventually thawed. So uh, there's That's a tip for uh, for yeah. Thanksgiving, which you is know? coming up. Could have a Turkey Day rally coming up. Nice. <laughs> All right, guys, I'm going to sneak one more in here. Uh, this is not Ross. a crazy stock. Uh, Verb Therapeutics announced okay. interim data there, and we'll just go run through this. This is a, a therapeutic stock, definitely taking a major hit down. Uh, disaster stock of the day, Verb mm. Therapeutics. Um, and this was intern data that really another stock getting hit here. Uh, we've been seeing too many of these stocks continue the hit down. Verb, verb, verb is not the word today. V-E-R-V. -E Down near the lows, Joel. There's some support in here. I don't know anything about this company. I don't think I've ever even traded it here before. And these things that come out and miss trials often continue to leak. But there's some support here under 10. 
Uh, see, now I did. Bird is the word is uh, is a sod too, but I uh, remember uh, Mark Fidrich. Uh, that that was a great we picture. We went on so many. Horrible yeah, games. so many tangents. I, I had to uh, say verb, verb, verb is the word. Now all I'm thinking about is like <laughs> Family Guy, and <laughs> I don't see it. Oh yes. That really, I'll limit my te uh, technical comments on this one because you are taking out the old time low. All right, let's go to Tim Quas. Save us, Tim. Let's Please. see what's Market Structure Mondays letting us know about the markets. The Bushwhacker dance doesn't go with that new beat, so that's why I don't do it anymore. But I like I do like the intro for Tim. There he is. Hey. Hey guys, good to good oh. to see you. Where where are you? That you're hiding. Yeah, you, come on, you're hiding it. I know where he is. Open, I see awesome these awesome backgrounds. mountains in the background. It, or... it appears like I'm in some like opium den, doesn't it? <laughs> 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 you're in the seventies at least, Tim. <laughs> you're back in the seventies for sure. Back to the future. future. We went back to the, the past. 70s. I love the seventies. It could be another thing too back there. But uh, Tim, you, are you still in Texas? Yeah, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm at our home That's away from home. That's a good old Texas the, background. Yeah, the, it's the Sheraton in uh, Georgetown, Texas, and so uh, Sheraton it's actually pretty, it's a neat, decent day. But if I open those curtains, then I'm backlit, and it looks like I'm in the witness protection program. <laughs> so I had to, I had to take the lesser of two evils. <laughs> anyway, yeah, we're, we're in Texas. Real quick, Tim, uh, great, great restaurant recommendations good. in Denver. I had a really good time. That REI store, I mean, yeah. I, I, I could have spent like 10 grand in there. That thing is like 250,000 square feet. But uh, anyways, Tim, we got you here. Uh, big rally. Is it possible for us to rally into the year from this elevated level? Can we rally all the way to the end of the year? Well, I'm sorry I missed you in, in Denver, Joel. I'm sorry that, that I wasn't trooping you around to uh, some of our favorite spots there. But next time, we'll do, I'm glad that okay. – so Rioja is the restaurant that I think you went to for lunch, which is a great Jennifer Jasinski restaurant in Denver. And there's a lot of fine dining in Denver. And that REI store is awesome. So, you know, Joel, the, the, um, the, it's not how I think about it. It, it, I realize that it's you know all the talk now is well can there can we have that now that the market has appeared to have recovered from the bottom do we have this big rally into year end and I think traders it's you know it's not the way that one should think about it uh, Dennis you talked about this last Monday that you know we we think in short term increments and we we take what the market gives and I have two thoughts about this I. Look, I'll be surprised if that happens, and I'll and I'll tell you why in these two two reasons. Uh, but I think first about what's coming right ahead of us. So there are options expirations this week mm -hmm. uh, from a from a, a, a sentiment standpoint, which is a to me a market structure, not technical term. From a market structure perspective, we are at at a level that has always preceded declines. I think that these massive short-term rallies create real problems for sustained gains, and it's because so much of the money is pegged to models. So if, if the whole market declines 10% and it recovers uh, half of that or more in two or three days, believe it or not, all the models will be out of whack. People will be overweight things, and, we'll and they'll have to sell it, and we haven't even remotely gotten back to levels where we should be. 
And that problem arises if the amount of money coming into the market is not greater than the amount of money leaving it. The resets, the, the, the gains will be short term and the resets will be lower. And I don't think that we have broken that cycle yet. So, Joel, my, I, I would not think that way as a trader. I think about do, are we long or are we short and in which things? That's the way I think about it. And to me, the end of the year is a long way off. I'm much more concerned about what's coming this week. Is that a cop-out answer? That's how I feel about it, though. What What do you think is coming this week? I mean, we have a lot of things at the end of the week, to your point, options expiration. But to yep. a bigger point, a, a potential government shutdown looming over in this market as well. I mean, we right. know fundamentals do play a part here in, in markets. We can look at technicals, but there's a lot of other pieces yep. of you know to look at as well. What do you think is happening this week, and what's your data showing? Well, I'll just show you, because this is this is what I do every time I look at the, the market. It's going to be, uh, what did the data indicate? What What is broad sentiment? I think about broad sentiment, the context, and divergences. Those are the things that shape uh, how I approach it. doesn't mean it's right, but on the other hand, I'm outperforming the market. These data do consistently work, and I, I wouldn't mm. talk about them if I didn't think that there was merit to it. So here's here's what I see, Dennis. I look at broad sentiment, and <clears throat> if you look, I'll zoom this in a little bit. So I always think when we're when we reach the red line, you should be cautious. See back here, September right into September, expiration is a green part of the graph. It got to the red line. That's when I shifted short. Well, actually, right here, I shifted short, right into options. Experience. Tim, can we just stop you for a second and share? Because I'm not seeing it on the screen here yet. Uh, okay. Hang here on. we go. Now we're good. Now we're good. Ah, we have the Sheraton delay at work. <laughs> Look at the puns today. Oh, we yeah. are full of them. The Sheraton yeah, delay. Yeah, right off where we were going. <laughs> they said opium, Dan. That does, looks like a, <laughs> Hilton, looks man. Like a massage parlor. Looks That's like a right. massage parlor to me. Not that I've been in one, but anyways. So here's what I was pointing out. The, the Just the green part of the graph. So here's this is the S&P 500, SPY. It's a proxy for it. And so I'm always watching this, you know, when, when, when the green part of the graph is rising, I tend to be long. I pay a lot of attention to the supply side. I, re I realize you can't fully see it here, but the market always declines from these levels. Happened here too. It was actually ahead of it because derivatives played such a role here in October. And now where are we? We are at 6.6, .6, well above the red line. So now let me, if, if the Sheraton keeps up, I'll scroll down and show you uh, the supply side. So this was the principal reason why the market rose dramatically. We had index futures expire. The, the banks had to make indexes whole. The market was down 10%. Goldman Sachs has to provide a bunch of uh, stocks to black, call black, you know, let's call it BlackRock, Vanguard, Fidelity, State Street. And so that, then they're offsetting that by being short the market. They cover all of that. The market soars. And where are we now? Supply is rising. Demand is peaked. I look at that and say, that's not good into options expirations. Most of the time, that means trouble into expirations. Now, it may not happen, but that to me is what lies immediately ahead for us as traders. And we don't want to give back all these great gains that we've, we've had a chance to build in the last week. So I would begin to think about going short. Not yet, but close to it. 
Okay, Tim. Also, we have uh, we have uh, CPI on Tuesday mm -hmm. and PPI on Wednesday. So we're all rah rah about uh, you know the bond rally and everything. Right. It's, you know, yep. yep we got to be uh, we got that. Now and, I, and the I love bond rally has waned here, and that is maybe you know waiting on that data to see hey yeah we continue the party or not sometimes charts wait for data and i think that's what we're seeing in the tlt here it's a wait game to see what's the cpi number look like right yeah getting a yep. little bit uh, a little bit too optimistic uh now tim i know we bring in sports to the show and doesn't always get the uh the greatest uh reception but uh and dennis jimbo fisher uh, this dude, man, I wish I had his agent because he's walking away with about 85 million. He got fired from Texas A&M and yeah. I, you went to the Texas A&M game, right? Texas A&M, yeah. Mississippi state, and they won yeah. 51 to 10 Michigan won too. Uh, but, uh, he's getting firing. So what does Jimbo Fisher's firing teach us about trading? Well, the, you know, the, the short answer is results matter. Right. I mean, yes. the, the great lesson it, out of Jimbo Fisher and for traders is results matter. Um, and, uh, you know, it, while, while, the, while we A&M, you know, my wife's an Aggie and uh, uh, the 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 associate athletic director, who's the he's the head of what's called 12th Man Productions, which is uh, the so there's there is you cannot believe the amount of production tv video social media everything that's occurring at these d1 schools to for recruiting purposes and a and m has one of the great uh, video production capability they have four major studios he's got 50 employees 150 student employees and so they produce a lot of stuff so so uh that he's the guy that got us tickets and took us down on the field and all this kind of stuff but uh you know, it's funny, we were sitting and talking Friday night at dinner about what, you know, he said, you know, if we fire Jimbo Fisher, it costs us $75 million. So we're watching the game. You know, it was a disastrous start. Mississippi State returns the kickoff, the opening kickoff after all the pyrotechnics and music and then 105,000 yeah. people in yeah. the stands. And Mississippi State returns the, the opening kickoff for a touchdown. And there were a lot of questionable calls. So by the third quarter, we started passing a hat around the stadium and we came up with 75 million and we said let's fire him that's really <laughs> that's really what happened because there's a lot of money in at AM. you cannot believe the amount of money uh but but the lesson uh, I'm, I'm joking about a lot of that and and it is it's a you know it's a it's a significant issue for a public university to, to hand out that kind of money i've long joked that the greatest gig in the world is getting fired from a D1 head coaching job. I know, job I should have been a football program. coach. Yeah, and maybe traders, we chose the wrong thing, that we should have all tried to become D1 football coaches so we could get fired and get rich. Uh, but yeah, uh, really, the serious note is results matter. Discipline matters. And uh, as, as heralded as he was coming in, uh, he has not delivered the goods. <laughs> So here we are. We got you know, for another two minutes here, Tim. And I mean, again, this market, it gives mixed signals to a certain extent. A week and a half ago, it looks like we're falling off a cliff. And then we get this violent rally that some people are expecting, but a lot of people, um, it caught off guard here. 
what do you think now? I mean, and we have the separation too, with the Qs are outperforming again, the yep. same story values underperforming here. Is it more of the same for the next week here or two weeks ahead? What, what are your thoughts? Well, you, you know, I think you and I, Dennis, were, were very on very similar pages. I saw a couple of tweets that you put out last week about, you know, trading, trading the ranges, 50, 50% retracement trade the range. And I think about trading volatility only where the supply and demand are strong. So yeah. last week I said, I'm trading big tech. So, you know, the, the big tech stocks, this is the portfolio. So you go yeah. back a week, we had rising uh, demand, insufficient supply. Now demand is peaked and supply is rising. Am I going to continue to pursue that trade? Well, there's still a little day or two of opportunity, but no. And I said, I would, go, yeah, I would go leverage long the market. And, and that trade worked too. And the reason was because you back up to last Monday, whatever that day was, uh, was it the 6th, I think. So you could say, well, you know, demand's rising, supply's falling, I'm going to trade that. Now that has fully run its course. Uh, if you looked at momentum, there were like two stocks in the momentum portfolio. It got up to 18. Now it's falling. 13. It's at What's 13. in there? What's so, in there? So, uh, you know, yeah, there are several good stocks in here to me. Like Square, PayPal, App Lovin. Uh, what's this? Stock? Unity made it in there now. Unity made it in there, and you say, "Well, how can that be?" Well, it's all about supply and demand. I, it doesn't matter what the news is. It doesn't matter how many reasons something might be bad that you could come up with. Look at the supply and demand. If the supply and demand are diverging, there is a short term. I emphasize those words: opportunity. I trade one to five days. Most of the time, it's one to two to three. Because statistically, in these situations, there's more than a 70% chance of producing 2% or more when these conditions exist. And what I mean by these conditions are a 10 with insufficient supply. You say, well, the trend's up. That's a 30-day trend. I'm going to look at the shorter term, one to five days, what's the trend? I'll show you an example. I mean, Square is a great example of the kind of supply-demand divergence that Edge is designed to show us. It's look at this. See these how these things are diverging? Strong demand, falling supply. That will almost always produce in one to three days at least 2%. And you say, well, that's not very interesting. Repeat that over and over and you're wealthy. It is vastly superior to almost anything else you can do. And so that's why uh, I use that. I look at that's a great example of what you're after with edge, but realize it's short term. That could change at any moment. The moment this begins to decline and that reverses course, you're out and you move on to something else. And I think the whole broad market could shift short within the next five days. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying the data have that set up and the data are almost always right. We've been on the line. You're telling me that stock actually was Lee in there and not you. I mean, you tell him going okay. blind. <laughs> there you go. Scroll down. Scroll down. I was there like, yo, where was Unity? Let's see. Which one was it? Really? I was like, where was Unity? Oh, Dennis. Oh, man. That looks like a you to me. Yeah. Holy. I'll teach you how to make it full screen there, Dennis. Don't worry. Oh, my gosh. It is a lie. No wonder I'm like. This is I'm trading the wrong stocks. <laughs> I can't see the tickers. Yeah, just like you thought um, Wix was a, um, a Chinese no, I, well, stock. Well, that was just a mistake, but <laughs> that's just a vision thing there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you Don't want to get keep old, up with folks, this stuff, here's a right? tip for you. Stay yeah. young.
I mean, that's right. Stay young. That's the best advice we could give. <laughs> and maybe get the platform so you can actually see the stock, right? That might maybe. help you. That'll help. That'll help. <laughs> you got to get those new prescriptions, I guess. All right, guys. All like right. always, Tim Quas, of course, Market Structure Edge. You guys can get your free trial all the way up to a month. And like always, check it out, guys. Give Tim Quas a follow. It's always good to have you, Tim. Be careful out there in Texas. Will do. Good to see you guys. All right. Thank take you. care, Tim. All right. Let's get back to the market. Joel, how are we looking here? Uh, we're leaking. Uh, mm. We we tried. We tried to get back to unchanged and we couldn't. Mm. Now we're just leaking back. Yeah. I think uh, uh, this is not a, like a huge, really bold call, but I, I think we see an inside day today. I think if the, they were going to get this market green, the whole moody thing is still kind of hanging over us. The market uh, in a mood. Yeah, and so and and now in the pre-market low that forty-four oh eight fifty. I mean, it does have some significance because we had both the high and the low for the week on Friday, folks. That very rare occurrence. You get your daily numbers and your weekly numbers uh, right there together, just below that pre-market low, and uh, so we'll see that. I think even if we take out that pre-market low, I, I mean, obviously yesterday, Friday's Globex low uh, is way down there at the low of the week at 43.54. And of course, I think a little inside day, a little jockeying for position ahead of the CPI on <laughs> Tuesday and the PPI on Wednesday. All right, let's do a little bit of ticker time. We've got a couple of minutes left here. You guys throw it up there. I know Joel had caught one earlier that he wanted to touch, so let's get to that one. And that's Pablo, Pablo is asking about, I like his persistency, persistent Pablo, we should call him. And uh, Vive got hit, and it got hit uh, big time. Um, yeah. Goldman Sachs, ah. it, yeah, is, is maintaining its buy on it. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, 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 you got to hang in here. I mean, you had the low of the move, yes, you know, recent low, not your June low. So if you're doing a short-term trade, the only thing you can do is lean on that low at 162.72. I'll go a little bit longer term for you. And on the monthlies, there's support in here from like 160 to 163. So if you're looking long-term, you don't necessarily have to take a, t a stab on it today, but multiple monthly lows in the 160 area. Man, uh, I don't know how you still have a buy on this chart, but hey, shout out to you, I guess. Uh, Cisco in the chat mentioned here by Wellbeing Warrior. Reports earnings on Wednesday. So always hard to do a technical on something ahead of fundamental information. You know, I like to own stocks, though, ahead of the reports. Sometimes you see like a Monday, Tuesday run up into the report. Wednesday night they report. So you mm -hmm. could potentially have three days. So I don't mind it for a short-term trade. I wouldn't hold it through the earnings here. Dividends attractive at 2.98%. It's value tech. Um, by value tech, we mean, you know, they've got a, a P is low. It's 13 they do have some debt, but it's basically nothing. We're talking about market cap on Cisco's $213 billion. They only have $6 billion worth of debt. Um, and again, PE 13. So value tech here, it's a company that's, you know, never got back to its highs from 20 years ago, um, but has grown into that multiple. A um, little bit head and shouldery on the technical. Yeah. Uh, I've had this one for a while, and uh, I really wanted to see how it reacted after it did that big acquisition. And I think the street's a little bit thumbs down on it for now because you had to gap down. You tried to recover. 
And uh, now it's, uh, you know, it's making lower highs. So not feeling great about the chart. Uh, uh, longer term here going to the report. But I got a good level for you, uh, even, in, you know, for today or during the number, this 5350 area. You got a whale trying to get out of that area. Four days in a row last week, it tried to get out there selling in the strength. It didn't work. So until you get above 5350, path of least resistance lower. And on a dip, 5109, it's too close to really try and buy the dip there. Uh, maybe at 50 if you get a get hit on the report. Home Depot, somebody. What's going on, chat? Times. Nothing, nobody's uh, home, home Depot. Yeah, Home Depot was getting uh, asked about earlier. Home Depot reports tomorrow morning. So we do have, in reporting this, we haven't, we should say this, you know, the big companies reporting this week, Home Depot tomorrow morning. We got Cisco, obviously, Palo Alto Networks on Wednesday as well. Target on Wednesday, TJX, kind of entering retail earnings season. Thursday is Walmart. It's probably the highlight of the week. Applied Materials, Macy's also reports. I don't know if anybody cares about Macy's anymore. <laughs> uh, WSM, Ross, Store. So you're entering retail earnings season here. I kind of like that Macy's technical mentioned. on Home Depot. I mean, the home builders um, got hit. They've been bouncing a little bit. I'm going to argue Home Depot is moving with the IWM here too. Uh, home builders getting hit. I haven't seen that too much. They, they're holding up. They're getting there. hit earlier is what we're talking about. So before yeah, no, the recent just... TLT rally. So what has happened again is TLT started rallying about seven, eight days ago. And that's when all of these higher debt plays, interest rate sensitive plays started showing life. TLT driving the bus there. Um, you can look at Beezer Homes. You can obviously look at Toll Brothers, KB Homes. All these things blasted off. About seven, eight days ago. And again, there was a couple of home builder earnings reports in there too, which helped, but also helps that long-term rates started to tick down seven days ago. I would argue that Home Depot is play off of those. Uh, Macy's heading back down, Florida, Florida saying, and um, there was one chart that I was looking at this morning also with that one KSS pullback here, close uh -huh. to 50% after the recent move here, um, just to bring those two stocks together there, KSS, Macy's. Yeah, needs to start showing us something. Yeah. I mean, CPI matters tomorrow. We need these stocks again, need rates to go lower. They can't have rates keep continuing up. And Macy's is just in a secular decline. I mean, the <laughs> stock, everybody talked about the real estate and the PE of six when it was 25. I mean, that was the biggest value trap maybe out there. We talked about the automotive being a value trap. There may be no stock that was more of a value trap than Macy's because that real estate value has obviously dropped substantially as well. The PE on Macy's is now three. So the PEs of eight, they say, how can you go wrong with PEs seven or eight? Well, I'll tell you, when the multiple declines down to three, you go very wrong here. $3 billion market cap only, but they also have $3 billion worth of debt. So, I mean, they just got a pile of debt here. That's in, obviously, margins getting squeezed. It hasn't been good. For a long time for big box, you know, mall-based retailers there besides your, you know, Walmarts and Home Depots. I mean, you know, this mall-based retailers just are not working. And these are the big ones, you know, Macy's, Dillard's, Nordstrom. I mean, those three are all cut from the same cloth and all of them have been terrible. All right, let's go ahead. Let's wrap up the market here. What is driving the bus today, Dennis? What will you be watching? Again, if you're trading any of those other stocks, I'll be watching the TLT, which is pulling back here today. But remember, we've now learned that mega cap tech can rally without the TLT. So I think on dips, I think you're still buying. I think you're still buying tech. 
I think that's what I'm looking at. You get a dip on this. You're using that opportunity because if we're going to get an end of the year rally, it's going to be tech. And you know what? If we get an end of the year sell-off, tech probably still outperforms. So I think you're still looking at those stocks as safety. I think the safety trade is still on. Hard to come and chase them here. We need a pullback here, so I'm not chasing stocks. But at the same time, a lot of those stocks on my shopping list. Let's take a look at the final levels from Joel Condon on the ES. What are you be watching, Joel? Yeah, for the ES, I mean, you know that that uh, that uh, pre-market high is right near the close on Friday. I I don't think you're going to get a shot to see that up there in the pre-market low. Even if we take that out at 0850, you have a ways to go underneath that, but I don't think people are going to be whooping up on it. One thing I am concerned about uh, for tomorrow is the the market did get a pass off the last uh, CPI and PPI numbers. They weren't great. They weren't great. And I think they were over expectations, but like, oh, we're not worried about it anyways. And the market still rallied. Um, everyone thinks Powell is so dovish. I do not think that his thing was so, uh, that his speech was so dovish. So. Um, I don't know, a little nervous about that CPI print to see if the market gets another pass. Tomorrow, T3 Tuesday, the long-awaited return of Scott Red Dog Redler. He'll be joining us here on pre-market prep, so certainly looking forward to that. All right, guys, you guys can keep up with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, at Spoos, at Triple D Trader. You guys have a great day. I'll get you guys out of here. And, of course, keep up with them on Pre-Market Prep Plus. Now we'll get you guys over to live trading. That's coming up next. And if you're not subscribed, what are you waiting for, guys? Stay informed. Stay tuned. And, like always, stay safe out there, traders. Let's bring you over to the live trading action. That's coming up next. And, like always, guys, don't forget this content is for informational purposes only and not to be used as investment advice and opinions do not represent those of Benzinga hosting guests may maintain positions in the securities discussed today. We'll see you next time, like always, right here on Pre Market Prep. Smash the like, and like always, it's time to keep going, guys. Let's see what we can get into the trading action this week.